Hello and welcome to the premiere episode of Can You Dig It with MoneyGrid. Our podcast, we will interview a wide range of cemetery professionals from cemetery managers, industry experts to monument restoration specialists. Today we are talking with Tom Klassen, owner of the Memorial Restorations, Memorial Restorations, which is located in southwestern Ontario and is Ontario's foremost expert in monument restorations for the past 25 years. Their clients include some of the most historically significant monuments in the province, and they have restored tens of thousands of gravestones in hundreds of public and privately owned cemeteries. Memorial Restoration is an active member of the Ontario Association of Cemetery Funeral Professionals, and Tom regularly offers proper safety inspection and preservation techniques, workshops for both the cemetery industry and the public. Welcome, Tom. I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, Tom Klassen and Memorial Restorations can be found at www.memorialrestorations.com and on Twitter at Safe Cemeteries. Please. Good morning, Pete. Good morning Tom. Thanks uh, for having me on. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I'd like to wish you a happy new year and a great year in 2022. Also on the podcast, we have uh, Marissa Cooper, who is our uh, our lead in, in our marketing expert. And we have uh, Charles Mills, who is one of our account managers on the podcast as well. So to kick off, um, again, I'd like to thank you, Tom, for joining us today on our premier podcast podcast and uh, and welcome I really thank you. thank you so let's uh let's start with uh, some easy questions for you there Tom all right can you tell us uh how you became involved in uh, monument restorations um my my background was in um corporate business and after 20 years I was just desperate to find something that was different and it just got me out of the corporate grind, Pete. So okay. one day um, when newspapers still had classified sections. Okay, that's a long time. Only back a few years. <laughs> under the business opportunity section, there was a small word ad and it read something like um, business for sale, no competition, um, et cetera, et cetera with a, a phone number so i called the gentleman um and his name was john and he had developed a business installing concrete foundations for monument dealers okay in southwestern ontario and one of the things that he dabbled in was fixing tombstones because as he was installing the foundations you know, you get you build relationships up with cemetery owners or managers or right. directors, and they asked him if he could start fixing some of their unsafe tombstones. Okay. So I met with him on site and in Petrolia, actually, at the Petrolia Cemetery, and I ended up spending a week working with him to decide if this is something I wanted to do. Sure. And I quickly came to the conclusion that the real business here was in offering 
good quality, affordable repairs to monuments. Okay. Because a lot of people, you know, see cemeteries or drive by cemeteries, but very few people actually go into them. So a lot of people don't have an understanding of really what's going on in a lot of these cemeteries and digging four or five foot holes and filling them with concrete really isn't something that, you know, <laughs> I like, I right. want to spend a lifetime doing. So, right, right. Um, after some negotiation with John, I ended up purchasing his business. Cool. And started, of course, where he left off doing installations of foundations. Right. And kind of set forth on a personal quest to a educate myself with the right and the wrong ways of of doing things right. because it's a real cowboy industry, Pete. Is there right? really is nowhere to go and learn what the we trade. do. Sure. There sure. are a few there's Willow Bank in the Niagara region. I think it's called Willow Bank. It's a a private university or a college. Right. But they don't really fix tombstones. They just offer lots of courses on historic techniques and right. mortars and, and stained so, glass and, and things yeah. like that. So um, when you say restoration, Tom, like you, you're actually repairing uh, monuments or, or tombstones that have over time either cracked uh, and fallen apart. So you don't actually just install monuments or, or reship them or resettle no. them. You, you actually repair the the tombstone and make it to uh, look. I don't. Uh, I, don't I don't sell nor do I install new monuments. No. Um, we offer a variety of services to the cemetery industry. The, the the biggest one, of course, is like taking a typical monument, like a you know, like a, a thirty by twelve die with one piece on the top. It's just a traditional Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. type monument. You know, they come in a variety of, of colors. And depending on the foundation that was installed when the monument went in, and you know, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's step A. If you go back to monuments that are 100 years old, well, many times they didn't put a foundation underneath them. Right. Or if they did, they would have installed what we call like a dry foundation. And it's generally field stone. Okay. okay. And it's so amazing. Amazing. Sometimes these guys dig down eight feet and, or, and fill it with, with field stones. Right. Just, and, to, just to get a solid, solid yeah, foundation to, underneath that tombstone. Well, yeah. Because there's a, there's a lot of misunderstanding that depth equals security. Right, right. Which really is, we both know that that's not the case, but that's yep. later. <laughs> yeah, um, yep, for sure. And, and then depending on where you are in the province, I mean, in London, a lot of the older historic cemeteries, like Brick Street Cemetery, for instance, um, they used bricks as foundations. So you, you, you take these monuments apart and, you know, there's four feet worth of beautifully stacked brick underneath them. Right, right. Or, or there's nothing underneath them. And that's a lot of work too, boy. Wow. Oh, or what we call like I call them one-inch caps, where they put found they put cement in, but they only dug down a foot or a foot and a half. Right, right. So, and, and so Tom, your your company is active from March to December. So, what does a normal season look like for you? Like, you know? 
I have a, a regular list of clientele, I guess you could call it, that you know we've done business with for the last umpteen years. Right. And season after season, we slowly work away at their safety and restoration issues. Um, you know, the one thing I, I really, having been in sales my whole life, there's nothing worse than a pushy salesman. Right. So I take this real soft shoe approach of whatever you can afford. I, I hate to dictate anything to people they can tell me and based on their budgetary allowances we just we work away um, yeah and so there's that that's you know that takes up basically 75 percent of my season and then we have what i call churn accounts that uh, you know special projects or they call them life cycle projects that come around once every 20 years and um, we're fortunate enough that we've been recognized as being able to to pull off a lot of miracles when it comes to cenotaphs or statues or um, columbarium projects, um, yeah. in, installation, mausoleum work, uh, yeah. steel. And we've, been, and we've been very fortunate with you, you know, to get involved in uh, some of the uh, Commonwealth War Graves Commission and the Veterans Affairs here in Canada and doing a lot of uh, restoration work for them and yeah. Re, reshifting or resetting, you know, some of their uh, their flat markers and stuff. And that's, so, it's, that's a great example we can touch on later just about yeah. how, you know, this little piece of plastic with some fill yeah. really makes all the difference for it. Does. It does. It's amazing. So, Tom, in, in your opinion, in your opinion, what is the, the biggest issue uh, facing cemeteries, you think, in 2021, 2022? Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, <laughs> which isn't necessarily the industry's perspective. Well, you've been around long enough. <laughs> it's it, my, it's safety. It's, it's liability. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that there's a bit of a movement. I'm sure that the you know cemeteries have always understood that there's liability issues, but as the world becomes more sue happy. Um, and it's a real big movement I see within the municipalities, more so that yeah. if there was something to happen, you know, God forbid, um, the monuments today are a little bit different than they were 75 years ago. 75 right. years ago, there was a lot of grandiose monuments, that seven, eight-piece monuments, 10, 15 feet in the air. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that those monuments are just simply put together with gravity. There are no pins. There, there is no adhesive. Right. Um, and if there was an adhesive, and we do use some types of adhesives, it would have failed by now. Yeah, and, so, and unfortunately, we've heard some, some really sad stories of, of monuments uh, toppling over and, um, and and hurting people, or in some cases, uh, some people have died from it. And it's, it it's seems to be more of a seems to be more of an issue in the states, but I totally agree with you. If if you Google, you know, monument deaths, yeah, you'll be shocked how many, and it's a lot of the times it's younger kids. Yeah, that yeah. that get smoked by a tombstone because they're playing hide and seek, and they don't realize that that twenty-four inch monument that isn't attached to the base they they just accidentally push on it and and Billy gets smoked. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so, Tom, just some. I'm going to ask you some odd uh, questions here. If you could bur- turn back the time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him? What would what would your 18-year-old self think about your career today? Stay in school, get an education, and um, you just never know where you're going to end up in this trip, Peter. You know, I, yeah. at 18 years of old, if I would have said I'm going to be running my own business, working in cemeteries all day long, I, I would have laughed, right? Yeah, yeah. You just, but opportunities are everywhere, so you just have Absolutely. to Absolutely. just have to be open to them, and uh, yeah. yeah. And I tell my kids all the time, go to school. <laughs> there you go, there you go. But but uh, you know, you certainly do offer some great services that uh, you know. Unfortunately, there's not that many people like yourself that do it. Uh, no, so- there, are, there are a few other gentlemen in in Ontario that do fantastic work, and I'm by far not the only one. Um, yeah. But I do like to think I'm one of the better ones, and uh, there's just yes. so much work out there and so much need in this industry. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That there's room for lots. <laughs> yeah. So many people follow you on uh, on your popular Twitter channel at uh, Safe Cemeteries. What type of uh, post really resonates with your followers? I think, I mean, first of all, I, I think I should thank Marissa for doing such a great job you know, giving me a presence on Twitter. She really is. uh, She's fantastic at what she does. I think that the posts that resonate the best are the real world ones where we're actually showing a real repair. Yeah. And I'm getting more and more into shooting video. So it it brings even more of a, of a real feel to it. But, but what I really like about some of your posts is that, you know, you know, every tombstone has a, a or a, a monument. You know, there's there's a, a story behind it and there's a family behind it, you know? Absolutely. And yeah, it's certainly great. It is. It is. So you are definitely a man who cares about his work. Yeah. List your top three most fulfilling restorations and how they impact your career. Um, if you can. I, I, I think... The biggest impact that I've had with the business is my relationship with the Commonwealth War Graves Commission. I see. Um, you know, I, an associate of mine at a trade show went to uh, the Commonwealth booth years ago and introduced himself. And that's really turned into quite a good relationship. Um, you know, there's I, I take a lot of, of pride in being able to go out and perform work for the Commonwealth. Uh, you know, these are the people that gave their lives for the for the freedom to enjoy today. So there's nothing like going into a field of honor that's that's in a bit of a state of chaos. You know, and, and you might be talking about 20 stones or you might be talking about 250 stones. Yeah. But they all need to be straightened or leveled or cleaned. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and then when, when you look back after the two days or, or 22 days worth of work, and you see it, and it's it's gleaming, and it's a beautiful summer day, and everything yeah. is clean, and everything is straight. It almost brings a tear to my eye. That's so great. that the projects with the Commonwealth are are definitely up there. Um, yeah. But what, very early on, years ago, uh, a gentleman by the name of George Barnes, who worked for the City of Cambridge, he had us come in and uh, 
clean and, and do repair work on the cenotaph in Galt, which was, it's, it's just a massive, massive uh, sandstone monument. That sticks out in my head. Okay, um, cool. And the monument that we did at Mount Pleasant Cemetery years ago for the Masons, very, very large, uh, 30 foot spire. We had to bring cranes in. There was a big ball on the top. Uh, a tree had hit it and taken pieces of it out and it was structurally unstable. Um, hmm. That sticks out. And then most recently, the Sarnia Cenotaph, we just completed that project. Um, I don't know if anybody has heard, but last summer we realized that somebody had stolen the Lee Enfield rifle off of our statue. You're kidding. Jeez. No, some meth head or something climbed up there and, and, <laughs> and pried it off. And um, so we realized that it was missing. Yes. So um, together with a gentleman by the name of Ron Realsmith, who works for the city of Sarnia and the local legions, um, pulled together just a real community project where the local laborers unions got involved and the crane companies got involved and Blue Water Hydro got involved and the city got involved. And we they did massive upgrades to the park, added new lighting and new placking. And we actually got a replica rifle. We got an original rifle from a gentleman and we had a cast at Arrow in a 3D rendering, and then it went to Artcast in Georgetown, where they report it in bronze, and then reattached it to the monument. And then we had a, a rededication ceremony in November of last year. And uh, you know, because it's in my home hometown, <laughs> it, yeah, it, it it certainly kind of capped the year off last year. Very cool. What's uh, what is the uh, the funniest thing that has ever happened to you in a, on the job or in a cemetery? Um, <laughs> uh, probably the, the idiots that feed deers <laughs> there, I get some of my best, my best laughter off of that. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody, it, it just, it baffles me that people will feed these things like pizza pockets and stuff. Like that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The, the, the deers will, you know, they will either start eating their clothing or they'll charge them because they're in heat. <laughs> but, you know, there's always, a, or then you see the, the ones that want to try to ride them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of lunacy when it comes to wildlife. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Or people think that the foxes are cute. You know, they'll gnaw your arm off in 30 seconds, but they want to feed them a, a, a granola bar. <laughs> That's so. Great. That's crazy. So the internet is full of uh, of mems, and one mem asks, "Would you sleep overnight in a cemetery?" No way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I saw something on Twitter about would you would you spend the night in a cemetery for fifty thousand dollars or something like that. Yeah. And it was like no way. Uh, no thanks. <laughs> so, so how has the cemetery restoration business changed over the years, Tom? You know, we're we're going through a lot of changes. You know, we. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that the biggest change is that a lot of the larger corporations and and larger um, pub, publicly ran cemeteries or like the 
the Catholics, they run cemeteries or the, the Protestants and, and they've, they've taken, they're taking a, a more of a attitude that the history matters. Um, and at, at the end of the day, you know, we're a, a country with very short history span compared to some. Right. And if we don't spend a little bit of time and a little bit of money preserving and restoring some of the more historical monuments that cemeteries have, right? That that history will be gone. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And and so I see a bit of a movement towards that. That you know, years ago, nobody would consider spending a little bit of money to fix a couple of old uprights from the 1800s. But now, if I propose it as part of a, a program where we're doing safety work, and and even if I'm doing them for free, because it's not always about the money. Um, they're, they're more warm to it and, and they're like, yeah, go ahead. It's all, it's only going to cost me a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, sure. Go ahead and fix that, Tom. Where years ago that they, they just wouldn't have given it any thought. So that, yeah. and I think a bit of an awakening to what I touched on earlier, the safety, the liability. Yeah, no kidding. And that no kidding. when you have a place that people are, that anybody can come into most of the time, if, if they fall in a groundhog hole or, have a monument thunder in on them, they're going to come after the people with the biggest pockets. Yeah. And that's not me. That's yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? No, I hear you. So Tom, you know, with MonuGrid, um, you know, MonuGrid <laughs> has been um, creating a paradigm shift in the cemetery industry. And we regularly, regularly, sorry, instruct monument installers and in restorations on how to use MonuGrid. And I could say that, Tom, you've been um, a, a big fan of MonuGrid and have been using MonuGrid for many years now. Um, and you've used it successfully for years. Can you give our listeners some of the best practices when installing or resetting a monument or markers using MonuGrid? Um, well, I, the process is, is so simple and straightforward that it really just becomes a matter of the size. And of course, as the size increases, you're, you're using more grid. And if you're getting into exceptional monuments that are thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds, that you have the accessibility to an engineer. Yes. Who can quickly reconfirm that, you know, yes, you should use three or four layers for this particular monument based on the dimensions and the weight. The weight. Um, and and but, worse, <clears throat> go ahead, sorry. Uh, well, I was gonna, um, but once you've done one, and, and it's as simple as starting with a flat marker, you know, a little 12 by 24 single piece of stone. If you can master that to replicate the process for a 48 by 14, it, it, it's just so simple and so straightforward, Pete. Yeah, and that's the beauty, right? And and we're seeing, like I, I speak to cemeteries on a daily basis and, and you know, uh, people call us up and want to find out more about MonuGrid and the cost savings and the time savings is, 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 is fantastic. I mean, you could do more in a day. You don't have to wait for concrete to set. Um, you don't have to excavate as much. There's a whole you know, there's a whole process that we can uh, we can go over, but you know, for the sake of time, we hey, we offer we offer webinars to do this. But um, Pete, yeah, do you, do you remember that quote 
for the customer who will remain nameless that based on them installing 300 monuments a year over all of their cemeteries, and if they switch to MonuGrid, we save them like a million and a half dollars? Well, it's quite a few, that's right. And yeah. you know, based on the average of what it costs to do uh, concrete foundations, you know, it varies. You know, we've had, we've done a lot of, um, a lot of calls and and got a lot of information. It varies from one hundred and fifty dollars to four hundred to four hundred and fifty dollars per foundation. So depending on you know this particular cemetery, they were up there, and yeah, we were we were saving them a tremendous amount of money, and um, you know and and over time it actually doesn't settle like concrete and whatnot. So you know this is a, a topic for another time maybe. Uh, as to why MoneyGrid works so well, but it, it's a it's a fantastic product. And Tom, we we really want to thank you for taking the time to to be on this podcast with us to explain how successful you are using MoneyGrid, and uh, we really appreciate it. And um, we're hoping that um, you know we'll work. We're not hoping we know we're going to work together on many projects in the future, and um, more and more we want to involve. Um, you to you know to be a spokesperson for money grid um we thought it was a great opportunity for our podcast for you to be the first one on our podcast so um we really want to take the time to thank you and uh, we really appreciate it well and i thank you pete and i thank jonathan and and you know you've been a, a fantastic partner to get involved with and I really like your product and it's top quality and uh, permeable foundations in general are, are definitely the future and I'm glad to be a part of it. Well, I really appreciate it, Tom. So thank you very much. So folks, make sure to follow Tom um, on his uh, Twitter account at uh, Safe Cemeteries. And again, Tom, thank you very much. Marissa, thank you for putting this together and um, we'll talk to you soon, Tom. Thank you. Be well. Thank you. Bye now.